Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners. My mission is for this podcast to become the place for recruiters to learn from others and to give a real insight into what it's like to work in the industry so those considering a career in recruitment know exactly what they're getting into. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm uh, finally joined by uh, Jack Catherall. Good to see you, that. mate. Yeah, it's yeah. good to be here. Um, from Wiser. Uh, excited to have you in, mate. Excited yeah, to uh, uncover your story. But as I was just saying, where, where I always, always like to start is um, uncovering that story of uh, how you got into the wonderful world of recruitment. So yeah, sure. let, let, let's start there. Well, I think most people fall into recruitment a little bit different from my background. So I was at University East Anglia and I was studying business management. Something my dad told me to do. He ran, his, <laughs> he ran his own business, and he said, "You know, something I didn't have was education behind me." Yeah, he uh, had a company for twenty years, and um, yeah, that didn't work out after that period of time. Mm. So he told me to go down the route of of going to university, yeah, uh, picking up a degree and uh, and studying that. And in my last year, we did a dissertation on the future of recruitment. What? Which is really, really, really insightful. I gave um, a dissertation in in terms of like what's happening in terms of the trends of the market, and in terms of most. How did you end up doing that on that? Well, we have HR within business management. Oh, okay, degree. okay, okay. And so the lady like leading the course was like, you know, recruitment is obviously a massive part of HR. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it kind of like took us through, that makes sense. you know, where you see the recruitment industry going. And being quite entrepreneurial from my dad's background, and I read loads of personal development books when I was like 15 onwards from like really? Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, I just... When did you read Think and Grow Rich? My maths teacher g- gave what? it to me. Yeah, Your maths teacher gave it to he you? He was now a motivational speaker. I wish I had that maths teacher. He was, yeah, he was in- incredible. He's a shout out to Mervyn Barrett. He's on LinkedIn. He's, he's quite big now. He does really? loads of motivational talks. And, and Mate, stuff. that's class. I read, I read Think and Grow Rich when I was like 19 or 20. Yeah. Um, I've read it three times since being the age of 15. But when I read it yeah. when I was 15, I had no idea. I never used to read. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wasn't it used even... to be like not cool. Yeah. Like I mean, it was seen as like not cool. That's why I stopped reading. Like when I was younger, I read a lot. But and then, you know, when you're a teenager, you're like trying to just do anything that's cool and like yeah. trying to fit in. Yeah. And like I purposely didn't read because I was like, nah, that's not, that's not cool. I remember he said to, I mean, he was teaching everyone in, in the class about mindset and all about maths. And, really? Um, I think... Uh, being in the top set of maths, that was just natural. I wasn't working hard at school at all. It was yeah, just like, just cruising. he said, you know, you guys are doing our GCSEs a year early. So I did my GCSEs in year 10. Really? And he said, look, you guys have got a gift, but I'm going to teach you all about personal development and mindset. And he gave us all the book what? to read. And then he said, go to any bookstore and go to the mind, body, spirit section of that bookstore be all the books you need to know about like your own development personally in terms of like desire to achieve anything in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, at 15, when you're thinking about money and they come from a background where it was like not there all the time, yeah, yeah. it was just amazing for me to kind wow. of like pick what up. what a great seed to plant at that age. And it was, it was great. And that kind of like set me off on a journey of yeah. like business and, mm. you know, The Apprentice came on the TV at that time in my yeah, life as well. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is where I want to be. And yeah. in fact, Tim Campbell, who won the first Apprentice, walked to my office probably about two, three months ago. Really? I looked at him and was like, oh my God, like that's like, <laughs> that, is, that is the God. He was, um, yeah. I went up to him, he was in a meeting with our, um, our CEO, Finn, and I just walked into the meeting and I was like, I have to shake your hand you're the one but all of that sparked it for me and um you know going through university and uh, jumped into sales off the back of those books because most of those people who had been in those books or yeah. the audios that i was Some listening sort of to sales. like jim Rohn and yeah, yeah, tony yeah. robbins all they were all, all about sales 
Yeah. I'm going to uh, unleash power, unleash your power within hey, really? Robin's uh, seminar in uh, April. Yeah, I was, I was considering it. It's quite expensive, and a lot of this content's on, on, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I um, so my uh, so two of my close friends have been one of my so he so it took me a while to get on that self development. Uh, path mm-hmm. if I'm honest I, 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 that would have been amazing if I had a teacher that planted that seed yeah. um, but for me I'm trying to think actually so Think and Grow Rich right about 1920 and it was around about that age where I just had this epiphany that um the best investment you can make is in yourself. Sure. I know that sounds really simple, but yeah. like when you're a teenager and you're worried about what you look like and if you've got the right friends and you're, you're cracking on with the right girls and all that, right? Yeah. And then to realize, hang on a minute, like the best thing I could do is actually just invest in myself. Yeah, of course. And I was like, shit. <laughs> if you want a person to develop a book about... Um, putting girls there's a game out there which uses the same principles of yeah. using um, really yeah so yeah. one of the first books i read uh was thinking grow rich but and a close second was awaken the jump within yeah um which is an amazing book yeah um and so ever like so that's tony robbins yeah right? exactly yeah, yeah. tony robbins so like from that from that point ever since i've been on that journey and that having the um having the right mindset and invest in myself like he's been like he's like the pinnacle sort of thing or like he started it all so yeah um, my friends used to take the mic out of me for it because really? my YouTube, I mean, like I don't really listen to general music. It's a lot of it's like yeah. audios and, and YouTube and uh, you know reading in the books. My bookshelf would be full of personal development books that I've yeah. read over the years. Uh, and I would never tell them about it. Really? Because growing up in East London, not far from here, it's like working class and yeah. you know, it's all about going down a pub, which is still very much part of my, <laughs> d- my DNA as well. But, seen as like That's the thing that I... So, so, so to wrap that to wrap that up quickly, the Tony Robbins things. So like two of my friends went, and like my really close friends went, and like they were like, "It's amazing." Mm. Um, so, so I I booked it a year in advance, and it was six hundred quid. Uh, when I tell my parents, they're like, "What the fuck? Why?" Yeah, no, it's mad. <laughs> but like, yeah. and then even my even my younger brother, who's a really good guy, switched on. Um, sort of is a bit skeptical about it as well, which I get. But for me, the so what I was going to say to that is like, you can easily get caught up in like, I'm going to go to this seminar, I'm going to go to that and feel like you're doing something and not do anything do you get what i mean i had that it's easy to get caught in that i had that. i went to some free workshop and yeah. it was took really like, can you swear on this podcast yeah, 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 I, swear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, i remember i was listening to this guy and then, uh, at the end everyone was like talking to him and shaking his hand and i went up to him and explained like we're just doing yeah. that all of the books i've read yeah and he stopped me and said that's brilliant, mate. But like, what are you doing about it? Yeah, stop. And I was like, shit. Yeah, I had done nothing. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's the action part. It's, it's the action part. So and, like, and it's really good to inspire yourself because that makes you feel great, right? And mm. then you wake up the next day and do nothing about it. I mean, that's just yeah, a waste yeah, yeah, of time. Yeah. So that sent me off on this journey <laughs> to go to university and study business, and I wouldn't go back again because yeah. it taught me nothing about business. But it was good to kind of get out of London for three years and just explore. Yeah, a whole new environment, everything else. Grow up a little bit and all yeah. of that. Um, Nice, but you know, throughout university, I was doing door-to-door sales. So, um, found myself. How did you end up in that? Just I applied for a marketing role, which ended up me being knocking on doors. So I got tricked into it. But same again, I was like pulled into someone who was quite inspirational, which you have to be when you're running those companies. Hundred percent. The chap was American, and I think he just saw that I had some like understanding of it the whole concept of like it's all about yourself yeah yeah and you can yeah. be whoever you want to be if you develop yourself in certain ways and he kind of like gave me more books to read and so i worked into that company for a period of time mm. it was 100 percent commission based yeah so yeah. i was knocking on like doors in yeah. norfolk yeah and all my tough. mates are watching like the world cup and stuff and i'm like <laughs> wow but oh, he was man. like sure you know, did that that was it. he did that as well i mean the only experience i've got of that is um i did two seasons abroad in Magleaf. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. Well, I've saw that as well. So, yeah. Have you? What? Yeah. Really? I went, I went not to Magaluf. I went to uh, Malia. Really? For eight weeks. And then after that, I was like, I need to go back. <laughs> so did you get a job out there? Mm-hmm. Was you selling? Yeah. So now I was in the bars and then working behind a bar and then selling tickets into the bar. Selling tickets, yeah. yeah. But it took so, me like, ages to get a job out there because it's so competitive. Yeah, at the start yeah, of the season. Yeah, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So I sold. That was my first sales job. Yeah. So even though had a great time and everything else that came with it obviously um, I landed my first sales job never done sales before and um, it was commission only it was yeah. still in a bar crawl and like I used to shit myself going up to people like yeah, no, bad yeah. but and then look, you just build confidence repetitions and all that you get your little pitch nailed down and by my second season super confident but it would then involve me sneaking into hotels and knocking on people's doors yeah. um, going into their hotel room and essentially standing there doing a pitch and going and then at the end of that closing them to get their money well, look, I think everyone should do it in their life you know oh, it's tough yeah. and even if you do it for two weeks you learn mm. so much about yourself oh, and so just much. breaking that kind of fear of like what would people say especially about in recruitment and and just in sales in general i think i think those the the great sales people um resilience is a word that gets chucked out a lot mm-hmm. right but i think what i struggled with early on in recruitment was um how much i got rejected like you get rejected like every single day yeah so i think at any state if you can experience that and get over that um at any as early as possible the better definitely yeah. I mean honestly it set me up for recruitment perfectly I yeah. wasn't even phased by the rejection because I mean. I'd be in Scotland for a week you know in the snow knocking on doors they, send, <laughs> they, they basically send you on tours in the areas yeah, where yeah Sean's like, about this yeah and so you know when I was up there and uh, you know all your friends yeah are out and, and having a good time as well. yeah and you don't have to be there it's 100% commission based I mean it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have to make a deal otherwise you're not making any yeah. money what happened after then then what, so I mean, was at university so it was like second year I think I was doing that job and then I went super serious. I was working seven days a week in my third year, working at Swinton Insurance oh, on wow. the phone. So okay. that was like seven to 11 at night. So I was working at T-Mobile at the time in the store during really? the daytime. And I used to, I just got into that point where I was just like, I really want to do something because in my education background, I wasn't performing well. I was like, you okay. Your shoulder. Oh yeah. I think I've always yeah. had a chip on my shoulder. It's really? always driven me. And I think when I was going through, um, you know, looking at that like, kind of university and stuff, I wasn't really outstanding. Yeah. I was okay. And even I played rugby and I didn't get into county, but I was always first team in terms of like yeah, yeah, my yeah. school and, and club. And but I was never like the one. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. so there was something in me. And I think also like, you know, family upbringing and being in Walthamstow, like East London, it was like, there's something to prove. Are you a lonely here. child or? No, my sister. I've got okay. a sister who's older. She's yeah. um, a couple of years older, but there was something, I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was. And there you was always, a point to prove like. It was it definitely been that. And it's yeah. still there now. Like yeah. it's always going to be like to the point of like, you're not finished yet. Yeah. So like even when now, does it finish though? Well, exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, when does my, it? My old answer to me is like, you'll never be happy because I'm always going to be like, and he knew that when I was like younger, mm. there was something in me where it was just like, just kind of like won't be settled. Mm. But you know, we'll see how it goes. I'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do a podcast in 20 years. And, uh, <laughs> then you see the state of me. So, um, but let's Swinton, talk about that's the, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I did that basically. Yeah. Exactly the same, which I'm telling you, like is exactly the same. So I think again, that was great grounding. Um, so then you went to T-Mobile. So how long did you do that for before? And then you got into recruitment after that? But that was all at university. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I wasn't going to lectures. I was just working. Really? Yeah, and I got wow. a 2-1 in, in business, but that's because I really crammed in towards the last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just working. I just enjoyed money. I enjoyed being in sales. And yeah, yeah. I found it was, like, natural to me. But when you're working in those environments, they're, like, inbounds, right? You're working yeah, in, yeah. in a team. Yeah, especially, store. like, Swinton, and that's what I had. It was all inbound. The only thing I could do is, like, I see someone walking past the store on their phone and be like, when's that due for an upgrade? You know, yeah, just yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. But you couldn't. You have to wait there and make it happen. And so... Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I was you know studying uh, you know business and did this dissertation on on recruitment and just doing research and always having the idea of entrepreneurialism, but I wasn't an entrepreneur. I wasn't a pure yeah. number one. Yeah, I was just sitting there dreaming quite a lot. Yeah, and. The recruitment industry hadn't been disrupted at all. Job boards came in 1990, which changed the game up a bit. Yeah. LinkedIn came in in like early 2000s, yeah, yeah. which changed the and game up a bit. you found all this out in your research? All your research. And so I presented, which is a company I set up before I joined Wiser in the dissertation. In fact, got a 2-2. So like, it was like almost in a way, it was like, I'm going to prove you wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in this I area. I think that's happened a lot, isn't it? I've heard those stories quite a lot. Yeah. That people have... It's a dissertation which has turned into a business and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember um, putting a post out on the uh, Entrepreneur Society to say I need a developer. And we sat down in my, um, we pretty much the final day of the university. I was like, here's the idea. And the guy, um, he was actually doing extremely well for himself now, but it's over energy. Um, he was just like, yeah, was, you need to like take it slowly. You can't get developers to build this out. You need to get a concept going on Facebook yeah, or both yeah, maybe. Yeah. What but was the idea? The idea was um, what GradEye turned out to be, which is uh, a company before um uh, wiser which is building a platform where people create uh, online profiles of themselves using video <laughs> really so it's almost like a linkedin but like for video and then also you can share that video with like potential employers because yeah, yeah. the the problem with the market what it seems at the time was that um you know people couldn't really understand what the cv was showing them especially at perhaps yeah, yeah, level, yeah, yeah. it was just a piece of paper you recognize that yeah, and it was just like really, really insightful. Um, but I didn't do it the way that this station was supposed to be wrote. So it was more like, <laughs> here's how you do it. And so it just wasn't for me. Yeah, but yeah. Um, people who I worked with at T-Mobile said you should look into recruitment anyway. And so it kind of piqued, uh, you know, kind of my interests. And I applied for one job, which was on the Reed's job boards. And it was actually for Reed itself. Oh, right. And then I'm working for Reed. So, oh, nice. Yeah, it was my first ever gig. How was that High Street? Uh, it was for it was to come in and, and launch the graduate recruitment brand underneath Reed. So it wasn't ah. like a it was in one of their like what they call like um, mega chains, but they have different branches all in one floor. Um, I was reported into one of the directors there who manages several different brands, and they said, "Look, we have a, a graduate division here with no one working a desk at the moment. We can come here and look at that desk, or we can go into the finance recruitment desk, and like there's thirty consultants looking into like Lloyd's and yeah, yeah, HSBC, yeah. and so." Because I was a grad myself, I thought grad recruitment would be a experience. good space to go into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I never really had the agenda to go in and set up my own business. Apart from having that conversation with that developer at the time yeah, at university, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never like go straight. Oh, off so you were there for a bit first before you set up GradEye. Yeah. So the journey was I was at Reed's building the graduate recruitment space for uh, eighteen months or so. Yeah. I mean, like everyone in their first six months of recruitment just didn't get it. I mean, yeah. really, really struggled. Building desk from scratch, I had no idea how difficult that would be as well. Yeah. I mean, we had clients tap into from uh, other brands in Reed, which I didn't realize was as powerful until I left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we handled all the, the Reed divisions and, and saying to them, hey, I know you work for a company X, Y, and Z, yeah. you know, can I have an intro for like grad roles. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, Not everyone would do it. Like it's a very competitive landscape, but you know, I was getting a number of leads from doing that. Mm. Old school methods of picking up the phone, just calling for yeah. like two hours in the morning and then yeah. just trying to send in candidates and all of those different methods. Yeah. Um, but after like six months, I'd probably build about 30K. Yeah. Which I means... Build, I, mate, I build 24K in 12 months. Oh, really? My yeah. first 12 months. <laughs> I mean, I just... I remember my first place was at McCain Foods. It was a grad supply chain manager and I was yeah. like, this is amazing, but it was in Peterborough somewhere and I was like, I mean, it was just madness. Like, yeah. my remit at Reed at the time was the whole of the UK. What? Any grad role at Reed. And so, what? yeah, people didn't realize it in Manchester when I was calling their office up in the branches saying, hey, like, I've seen you posting a grad role that should sit with me in London. I went, no way. Like, this is Manchester. This is yeah, our space. Yeah, I went, yeah. nope, here's a demarcation slip. Like, 
I could do the whole thing. And so really inspired me. Yeah. Like after six months, I was like, there's potential here, but I'm like, is this for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a recruitment journey I want to go into in terms yeah. of my career because it was tough. I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is really, really So how did you get over that then? Because I think that's, that's again, as I was saying before we started, like that's one of the, like my first look, 24K first year and like it was so tough mm. and I was in a business of eight people sat directly next to the, the business owner. So like I tried in those first time I was like, yeah. hard, right? So, um, all, all that I get, all I kept getting told was he shouldn't be doing the right actions, like it'll pay off, like yeah. keep doing what you're doing, da, 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 all that. And I mean, look, I thought about quitting numerous times, but maybe talk a bit about that because I think there will be people out there listening to this right now who are going through a real difficult patch and Definitely. are thinking about quitting. And I think now those first 12 months is a really difficult time for a, a new recruiter. You have no brand, you yeah, have no nothing. contacts, no one knows who you are. Yeah, exactly. Really and I had difficult. to start from scratch as well. Like I was picked up the, the Kent market and no one was doing that in my office. I would have sort of dabbled with it. So again, it was one of those where like there were some opportunities to cross over with our existing clients, but again, they didn't know who Hisham was and all those things, yeah, right? Course. So yeah. how did you get over that bump in the road then if the first six months were really difficult? Well, I just kind of, I mean, the personal development stuff really, really helped me oh, out. Oh yeah, same. Huge. So I remember almost like checking myself and, and looking at everything I was saying to myself, blaming your manager. Yeah. Blaming. LinkedIn mindset. Blaming the culture, blaming the training, blaming no one's done this before at Reed's like, and there was no support and it was starting from scratch. And so, yeah. you know, using those excuses just to be like... You just caught yourself saying that. Just, yeah. I, actually, it was like um, a podcast, an audio from like Jim Rohn. And it was yeah. like, and he was, I can't remember what the words were, but like, you need to make a investment yourself. Like, you're the problem. Yeah, yeah. It's not the people it's around so you. Think, and you yeah, try and change that. I think that accountability piece in recruitment is really powerful. Like, I, I, I think because of the self-development journey I was on and the mindset I was trying to cultivate for myself, I had that early on. And like, it is very easy in the early stages to blame the candidate or yeah. blame the client, right? But when you take full responsibility, um, it enables you to look at yourself and go, right, what could I have done better? Where can I improve? And I think that that's what that's how you need to approach in those early days. Yeah. And it's hard when you're young, right? Because yeah. you're like, it's a f- maybe your first ever job. Yeah. Or you could be too precious. You're used to be given stuff yeah. in life. And, you know, mm. Reed had an incredible training school. You know, I don't know if reflects on that now because I moved on, but, you know, they trained up 3,000 consultants across the world. So they had yeah. this, like, machine which just worked. But, like, he wasn't catered to perhaps towards a grad market or, mm. you know, specific accountancy market. You have to make up, like, what you can from that yeah, training yeah, yeah. program. But I remember just, you know, just changing that and saying to myself, like, you're not going to leave here until you, you make it work. Yeah. Like you're not gonna leave. You should make that decision. Yeah, you just, just make that. it work and then leave. Yeah, right. But yeah. don't leave on a loss. Like yeah, you love can't that. do that. And so that. that was like a, a big change for me. And then honestly, from that point onwards, he just kicked on. Really, one of like two or three accounts which I still work with now. Really, which is now we're talking almost like seven years up into this June, where wow. you know it was just like early stage companies yeah and they were hiring like grads and then they was going through like a phase of like hiring 10 or 15 every single month and i was like okay that's a ticket for me really then from doing that we started hiring into the team and being one of the first there i started managing those members but not having the team title so i was kind of like doing a lot of different roles because my manager was like responsible for five different branches so had no time for me i didn't really have the one-to-one man management that anyone would probably need to have yeah 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 
um, you know, year in recruitment. But started to wing it. I, yeah, I started winging it, but I started thinking outside of the box. So, you know, massive company, loads of different branches, go and sit with the best in the industry, in, in the company. So yeah, nice. go to the Southampton branch for one day. And my manager allowed me to do that and just learn from that one guy or wow. girl, look at all of their emails, look at everything. Why are you number one? Wow. And, and it was really interesting to see some of the patterns that I got out of that. And then it's just like, just not giving up. Like I remember sitting at reading, like coming on Saturdays and Sundays. Really? And no one else would do it, right? Yeah. And I didn't even tell anyone about it. And one day my boss came in on Sunday, saw me there just like working. He was like, what, what are you doing? But I wouldn't really? want him to know, right? I just, I just knew in my head it was just like, yeah, it wasn't it. like an ego thing. It was just you wanted to fucking I just wanted get to win. in there. I just wanted to win. Like, yeah. I was there working at night. So I was like posting read leaflets and like, because it was like that type of like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. mentality at Reed. It was like going door to door, print like putting like posts in there and just yeah. trying to make some business out of that. I think, look, I, you're in the same space as me, but I think obviously um, the the whole work ethic thing, I think for me, what what I love about that is like you're you, like you have complete control over that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that yeah, that's yeah. the really like powerful thing and I think at the end of the day something that I keep telling myself I need to do which I still haven't got around to is like audit my 24 hours like sure. I haven't done that yeah um and I think it's 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 easy to say oh, I haven't got time to do that or whatever but if you to take a step back and go right what do I actually do in these 24 how hours you? Yeah. yeah like how efficient you are um but it is really interesting and it comes down to that responsibility piece again doesn't it that yeah. it's like right I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to make the decision that I'm going to work this hard but you have um, to be disciplined to do that right yeah which is something that people really struggle with and it's something I try and work on myself it's you know I do audit myself I mm. look at you know my commute to work I just get the underground which was mm. dead time really I couldn't listen to any music because it was yeah. too loud I couldn't be on my phone because it was like there's no Wi-Fi down yeah. there, and so I get the overground now. It takes me really? five minutes, but like it actually wow, changes the whole game for me yeah, because yeah, yeah. I can send those initial messages. I can look at the emails. Perhaps I missed them the before, and that changed Smart. everything for me. And then, I mean, I had a the maths teacher yeah. who is now a motivational speaker coach me for a little bit, and he was telling me all about this. He's like, you can't hit any goal if you're not like reviewing your performances. Yeah. So whatever it is in life, like you can make it happen, but you need to go, like try something out first review it check in change something yeah like the commute to work and yeah. then like you'll get closer to your goal you may not hit it in your first month and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. give up but like yeah, you know, yeah review yeah. stuff and it's really really interesting yeah to i love see that. that that's class. Yeah. so before we move on then i really want to talk about what those common habits you saw like that that's really interesting so went around different read branches saw some of the top consultants what are some of the the common patterns you saw like solid relationships yeah solid relationships with their clients yeah. I mean, well, well, and candidates as well obviously or? mainly clients though okay. really like, double down on clients just knew them like inside out yeah, you know yeah. there was a point where it was like I'm going to pick up and speak to like Steve or whatever maybe yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. just no qualms in doing it yeah. and so I asked her how they did it and said you know that takes time so yeah. you know anyone in their first year in recruitment it's not going to be like that straight away yeah, you're not going to yeah. have your first call and it'll be like yeah let's be buddies and go down and have yeah. a drink but uh, some people were saying to me that they would be invited to their weddings and all of that that's yeah, how close yeah, yeah. they were okay. and so it was almost like it weren't even a job for them. They just knew exactly the fit. Yeah. They got it. They understood the culture. There was telling me about the art of recruitment, not just the science, not about just yeah. sending numbers yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It's really understanding that culture makes a difference. You have two people who have the same type of experience. Culture fit's going to probably trump the other one. Yeah. So yeah. understand what that fit is. Yeah. Um, every time you take a new brief, I just learned loads from just asking loads of like open-ended questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was one of them. Um, you know, just like defining your market was the other one. Yeah. So I was working a grad market, which isn't really defined. It's no, like of course it isn't. Entry level appointments, yeah, but I was like doing it loads of stuff in loads of different regions. Yeah. I was doing it in like Newcastle and Southampton. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's say an average eight to ten hour day. I was working in a marketing role in Southampton. I'd spend two hours on that, 
when I spent another two hours yeah. in a row in Bristol in sales, and I was trying to fill a tech no role. No crossover. It was, it was just mad. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. efficient at all, but yeah. no one was really guiding me that way. And then yeah. I'd go meet the accountancy specialist in Southampton and be like, okay, so you're working very specific roles in this region, and that's all you do? And it was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm winning, because yeah. I know everyone in this market. Yeah. Like, I'm mm. not like being like deterred by any other sector or anything like that. That's it. And so... Yeah. So have a focus. So we like, well, we say we, it was me and, and just the team was like, okay, we're going to do London only yeah. for grants. And then we started doing sales recruitment in that space and did a bit of rec to rec because mm. they crossed over and we did like consultancy firms. So we had a few kind of management consultancy yeah. firms, which we can get on board. So um, it's a little bit broad, but you have to kind of keep it open at the yeah, start yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can't just say we're right, close enough everything and yeah, have of no roles on. So that really, really helped. Um, and then just communication start, like just likability factor. Yeah. Um, you know, just learning that, um, playing that long-term game of companies is like the way to be and you know always be like mindset. yeah have that kind of like friendliness kind of approach how, to everything how do they um i'm always interested in this and maybe i'll ask how you do it how you do it now and what you recommend being a manager but um how do they structure their day do you notice any common things around that no it's changed from every single person really? i've spoken to yeah i mean it's just i mean i think you need to have um a little bit of a flexibility to recruitment you yeah. know sometimes you can be top heavy on a recruit on a vacancy side and you know yeah, yeah. then you don't need to do as much bd so the structures would be normally like power hours in the morning like 10 o'clock um you know just do an hour bd and then do some resourcing but there was nothing there i was like wow this is amazing really? i've never really seen that anyway over Fair the past enough. six seven years so i can't yeah. really give any advice on that yeah yeah, yeah. no um, i was just interested if you saw like common like day structures or whatever but no i mean from my experience over a period of time was just like start your week on Sunday, you know. <laughs> Honestly, like no one wants to work Sundays, mate. Yeah, and I, well, well, it's benefited me, right? <laughs> so I mean, like, just I just found that you know, doing what your competition wouldn't do because you just yeah, said it, right? Man. I mean, that made a massive difference. That was my edge. Yeah, love you know, that. Clients would release a role to me on a Friday afternoon. I know most of my guys who are competing against will start on Monday. Yeah. But then I'd be like, well, I've got two days head start here. Yeah, that was my that. way of thinking. That's and class, so mate. I just started picking up that way. That's so, class. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, grad I have to read then? Yeah, it was a fluke, really. Really? So um, doing some rec to rec, um, you know, I was putting a number of candidates into one company and the chairman was like, hey, we haven't spent like anything the year before this year on rec to rec budgets and now like we've just been spending now like over 100 grand or so <laughs> um but we, they've used it over the years i made the odd one placement here or, or there and it's like well let's have a chat and mm. one conversation led to another and uh the company called systems accountants an incredible business and still are i think at the time they're doing 30 mil or so specializing in the systems accountant space like they're professionals that sit in between finance and tech okay so, so i don't really know but um <laughs> I got their culture, you yeah. know, understanding the art behind it. I really understood it. You know, yeah, of course, everyone wants a recruitment consultants, but I really, really understood like what made it tick for those yeah, guys yeah, yeah. and uh, made a number of successful placements. And he was asking me about, you know, the grad space and, you know, billings and he was digging in, right? And I was mm. like, okay, this is going somewhere and asked me in a way to present a, a bit of a plan of like what you would do and kind of just went back to the uni days and was like, you know, I believe that tech needs to come into this market. Yeah. You know, it all comes down to individuals and people and client services, which is what makes it an incredible space to work in. But, you know, we do a lot of stuff over and over again. We repeat the same task over and over again. Like, this is not right. Something needs to change it. would be a smart way. Look at the transport industry. Like, Uber's come in and just yeah, change it. Look yeah, at the hotel yeah, yeah. industry. You've got Airbnb come yeah, in and just yeah, change yeah, it. Yeah, but, like, yeah. recruitment, you've got LinkedIn, which is, like, yeah. really helping people connect. But it's still, like, people finding the pain of recruiting people. So, 
um, you know, being in that type of mindset of like, well, you know, winning to work every hour in the sun, like, let's go for him. You know, we developed grad eye, which was a, a massive learning curve for myself. Really? Yeah. How long did you do that for? So it was there for 15 months. Yeah. And we built a platform yeah. and that was a learning curve. Like if you're going to build any sort of tech products that you need a technical guy with you or girl. Like, <laughs> oh, you need... so you wouldn't have done it though, right? Well, I couldn't develop a code, right? So I couldn't yeah. build like uh, LinkedIn. I yeah. mean, I had commercial understanding, but I had no idea. <laughs> and the chairman of um, assistant accountants is very similar as well. You know, we were kind of like, what are we going to do here? So we outsourced a lot of our tech at the start. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Spent loads of money. Yeah. Loads of money. And, you know, it was fine because it was like supported by such a big beast of a recruitment firm that money wasn't a problem yeah and that was also a problem for us as a business like we didn't start off bootstrapped we was in an yeah. office in bank we so had- like money wasn't scarce and that i've heard that a lot yeah and it was a problem because we weren't considering like yeah you weren't as ways cautious, around you weren't it. trying we weren't, to be as smart like we yeah. weren't negotiating we weren't yeah, 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 you know yeah, trying yeah. to keep things small at the start yeah. and this is one of the biggest biggest thing anyone who wants to go accept their own company is just like you know, don't try and accomplish it all in your first few months. And that's what we try to do. We try to build like a LinkedIn for grads <laughs> in day one. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. by the time we launched, it was like, wow, like we are way under. And then the first week we had five videos come to the platform. Really? And so you can't make money out of five videos, right? Yeah. And the whole idea of GradEye was for a sales director to come onto the platform and be able to like view the video profiles that they want yeah, yeah. by defining universities and automatically select which ones they want to come to their like, company for an interview yeah. uh, and trying to automate it, take away literally the human element of it completely. Yeah. Uh, by the end of GradEye, we had 500 videos coming through a week. So we learned how to like really scale. Wow. But we was like losing money. Like we were spending twice as much as we were making. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you can't run a business like that. Yeah, and yeah. it was our, like I learned loads about culture and how not to um, build a, a culture. It was just all about the number and it wasn't about anything else. Yeah. And, you know, joining Wiser, Wiser, which we got on to, is mm. culture first. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that was really interesting. So I had a team. That so how did you end that? And did you sell it? Did you like what? It was, it was tough to be fair. So a number of things like happens, um, it was like clearly not working out. We tried to pivot and pivot the business model yeah. as much as possible to make money. Like we literally picked up the phone and started going back to agency recruitment, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting candidates into companies. And we did about 140K, 130K revenue in year one. Um, but, you know, the size we were in terms of like office and headcount and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. You, you're not making money, especially tech costs as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, it was like, what's the next step? Now, the flaws with, with videos is that an active market would do a video but a passive market wouldn't. So let's say you're okay. a high flyer in your company, you wouldn't go and do a video on a platform for the sake of it. There's That's just no, true. there's no reason for it. Like an active candidate who really wants a job would do it, but they're not the better candidates. <laughs> the better true. candidates are ones who are literally the ones you can go and headhunt. And that's why the human element of recruitment still needs to work. Like, yeah. is and I, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, so like you're tapping into the people that are on job boards and that anyway. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, that makes sense. Jo- I mean, it's really interesting. This is a hack for anyone who uses videos, right? I used to pick up a phone on a job board and call a candidate and say, "Hey, can you do a video? This is part of Grad Eyes like process to get a job." And everyone would be like, "Sounds interesting," and they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Then we started putting loads of adverts up on job boards. And let's say 100 on each job board each month. And then people would apply for it and we'd automatically send them an email without even reviewing their profile and saying, congrats, like we really like your profile. I think you'd be a great fit for our client. Do this video as the next step. Overnight, it changed. Uh, so they felt like they were progressing in an yeah. interview process and the process, honestly, it was a game changer. Smart. It was really, really, really smart. But by that point in our kind of journey of grad eye, it was just like a lot of damage was done. And so over several difficult conversations, it was like, 
you know, we're gonna have to invest a lot of money to really make this happen and, yeah. and take it, it behind the barn and shoot it. And I've I've never been that type of person either. Yeah. I will just fight to the end. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was one of those we all looked at each other and we just you like, gotta be, you got to make the you got to be smart there and like yeah. be honest with yourself yeah. sometimes, didn't you? But it was a shame. I learned loads, which is like you know, invaluable, invaluable. And um, you know, especially from the chairman James and the CEO of a company called Dean. I mean. Like those guys gave me a lot of time, a lot of investment, yeah, and yeah. it's actually made me such a better manager now. Yeah. Obviously, from failing, that's it, but from also the ideas they gave me. And the reason why they're so good is because they define their market, systems yeah. accountants, and they taught me about the gentleman's way of doing recruitment. That's interesting. Which is like everyone in the market is all about the short term now yeah. number, call times. Yeah. And Grad I was at a start, and towards the end, it was just all about value, long term, yeah. consultative don't ask give your return nice. if you're doing it in the right way and i was like wow that's really really smart and yeah. um then yeah just kind of taking me through so how did you get now. into wiser then like how did that come about so being in a graduate recruitment space i had like i had like no confidence after grad i can really? you imagine it? i mean like i've gone yeah, from like yeah. doing extremely it's well really in everything i've done balls. to like maybe i'm not as good as i think i am yeah yeah so it was like a rain check for like you know two weeks what i want to do finn who's a ceo of wiser in the graduate recruitment space being in the graduate recruitment space myself um you know we reached out and connected but it was just like informal coffee yeah, and, yeah, chats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it was just like you know, there's an opportunity for, for you here to come and join us. And I was like, look, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm going to do internal recruitment for really? six. I had like, I had Everyone's no idea. For you, yeah. yeah, I was just like, I have no idea. Go yeah. traveling or do whatever. Um, and I remember going on a holiday for a week uh, on my own, which I've never done. And really just be like, hey, what is the next step? Yeah. Came back and then literally sit down with, with Finn and the guys there. And I was like, so just talk me through it a bit more. And then five weeks after leaving Grad I was launching a new brand underneath the wider brand. Wow. So, <laughs> so how long have you been there now? So I've been there, it's three and a half years now. Really? And yeah. um, I know I was asking you before, but just to give context to everyone. So how many, uh, so then like you're a manager now, right? So you're a billing manager, you still bill or? So I came in as MD okay. to launch a new brand called Wiser Elite. So we're doing Wiser Graduates, which is graduate recruitment. And I launched Wiser Elite, which is a specific, um, a, a niche um, sales recruitment uh, agency within the the company itself so yeah. um we specialize in software tech sales okay and we do mid to senior appointments so yeah. those guys were doing a grad so i was going to come yeah, in and yeah, do yeah. the mid to senior i learned a lot from systems accountants they had built their business by repeat business over years with candidates and clients and yeah. in the grad space i couldn't do that with the candidates they become a grad for a period of time and they're not a grad yeah, anymore. yeah that makes sense and so i was like i want to go do senior stuff i want to challenge myself in that space Where, like yeah that makes sense okay, so cool. i came and launched that brand and um did the opposite to grad eye so rather than hiring in six people in our first four weeks it was just me yeah nice. I was like let me so you just this. learn from yeah your failures right yeah just let me yeah. figure this out and i was like let's not push it yeah keep it small yeah you know don't throw loads of stuff at me like let's just do step by step and spent nine months my own really just building, building a desk it. yeah wow okay cool so then and then we're, and then fast forward then where are you now so um grad i uh, so wiser elite <laughs> there we go like, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's back in my mind so wiser elite um is in seven figures now wow. which is amazing yeah. so we've like doubled every year in terms of our growth it was like 320 first year 550 second year and 1.1 our third amazing. so it was that was great so how many people on that team now we have seven consultants okay. uh and then we have two uh resources researchers yeah, yeah, and yeah. myself but 
Um, it's a change in team. You know, this time last year, it wasn't that size. It was like half of it, and we've really? just been growing slowly. Um, what else do you, do you manage another team? Yeah, say? so as, as part of, of success behind uh, Wiser Elite, I think what I brought to the Wiser brand was more structure. Yeah, and a okay. lot of like, this is not how to do things, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, someone who's going to give you all the effort and, <laughs> and heart, but, you know, see some of the mistakes and maybe try this angle. And I think the business, um, you know, has done well because of that, because a lot of the guys, well, the guys who founded Wiser from university, Oh wow! No experience in recruiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One studied management consult. One went into management consultancy for a year. One went to Morgan Stanley for a year. The other one went to study law. Yeah. Our CTO taught himself to code and develop and <laughs> the creative, and you know they all got together and it was an incredible team. Um, and then they hired people who had perhaps been in similar backgrounds as well. So it was a really, really unique office. Yeah. Um, and then I joined and gave that structure. And a, a year ago, we had a brand called Wise Digital, which needed some support. And so they appointed me MD of that team as well. Okay. So Wise really is uh, senior software sales appointments. And then yeah. Wise Digital is uh, tech design yeah. and marketing appointments. Okay. So, have you, uh, so, yeah, so have you always built? I've always built up until probably about a year ago. Really? Yeah. So how? And then and I were, miss it as well. Really? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I was going to say. Well, let's talk a bit about that then. So, so you've always built, and then I, you would have been managing through that period as well. So, like, yeah. what what challenges have you experienced from that that you've learned from and and adapted and changed? Like, what what challenges have come from billing and and having to manage and and cultivate people on your team? Well, the first one was like to build well, you need to focus. Yeah. Right. You need to have a laser like focus of like, this is my market. I'm going to dominate it. I'm going to know everyone in my space. Yeah. Right. When yeah. you have someone else on the right and left of you and you have that mindset, it just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't like, it wasn't perfect the whole way through. Yeah, it's course. always been like an up and down period, like through my whole career and especially at Wiser and um, I was looking at the right left of me and I'm like, these guys look lost. Yeah. I'm performing well because I have this focus and I have more experience, but you know, they didn't have that. And so, change the tact it was them first and me second nice you know set up their week and then set up my week and you know mm. be willing to perhaps change the way you're doing things and how much that impact your billings though uh not much to be fair really? what i what i've done over wiser is um is quite unique so i've built desks and passed them on okay so my billings haven't always been consistent because i'm like right here's a set of clients in this niche market of software sales you're going to come in and you're going to watch me do it for a period of time and I'm going to give you that seat wow. right and then I'm going to go and do That's it again you it, yeah. and give you that seat but you can't scale that quickly yeah, but yeah. I was willing to be patient with it all and yeah. so we got to about five consultants and now I can't do that because obviously yeah, of course. it's just too much going on yeah. but that was one way that I managed to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's right? interesting. And I helped that individual kind of like perform and also just like I knew how to break into new accounts or, mm. you know, just being smart about how I was doing it. So it helped me kind of achieve that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was obviously, there was there was points where there was just tips. I think when you kind of get to a point when you know your market, you know what good looks like, you can make a win happen. Mm. You just get it. And that's just yeah. something which is hard to teach people. You yeah. know what good looks like. I know. You know a process, you know a process that's going to let you down. Yeah. You know, you just smell it. And it's all those nuances. And it's yeah. so many you different can, things you look You for. can only learn that through like going going through the processes, can't you? Yeah. It's one of those things. Like, yeah. it's just repetitions again, isn't it? Definitely. 100%. Because I remember like, if I think on the early on and then to like when I was by the time I left, like as soon as you saw like a banging CV or whatever, you're you're like, right, perfect. I know I can place that person, blah, blah, blah. Like you just yeah. know straight away. Yeah. And likewise with clients and interview processes and, and all that stuff. Um, okay, mate. So I guess... Um, I think also like just to, to add to that is yeah. that I didn't oversell myself when I was hiring people. Okay. Which is really interesting. So when I grad I was like, 
what didn't happen there? Okay, at Wiser, what can I change? When people came in, I was like, this is going to be hard. Nice. Right? I, I was, was going to say, I do always like, like how, did you, how do you sell recruitment to, to people? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, luckily with Wiser, and Wiser, the reason why I joined them at the start, they didn't really have much to show. They had incredible individuals in the business, and they had a culture, and they had a like, real commitment yeah. that I wanted to be around. I wanted to be around people who just like are fully are in it, it, not like yeah. 50% in, yeah, you know, yeah. they were fully in it. And so when people came in and saw those individuals like, They've got something special. It's yeah. quite hard to like say what it is, but yeah, yeah, there's yeah. something unique there, and it's the reason why we have 82 employees yeah, now in, yeah. in five years. But um, they were part of the pool, and, and when they come in for those interview processes, I'm like, hey, look, we've got a massive opportunity here, but this is really what it's like. It's tough. And I think that being authentic that way yeah. and not selling Resonance. on the Rolexes and your 100K year ones yeah, 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 yeah. and just giving my story, my background, I think at the end of the day, it's just helped me win a little bit. It's just like, well, that guy's clearly not changing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Why would he sell it that way? And yeah. that's quite helped. That's helped a lot. And um, I've said to everyone, hey, we're trying to build something here. It doesn't happen from one person doing it. It happens from you coming to the team and like managing upwards. And I've taught people how to manage upwards, which is also oh, nice. painful for me. But like, it was like, you need to suggest ideas and, um, you know, their first week I'd talk about marginal gains which <laughs> um, is, is huge for me and, and what's that then it's marginal gains is so uh, Dave Browsford who uh, is the coach for uh, the British cycling team before he came on we won like one gold out of ten available in, in the Olympics okay. and then um, they applied 1% uh, marginal gains to everything they did so oh, it looked okay. at every single meeting like how can we improve this Yeah. right look at every single training session like how can we improve this yeah. and so when you kind of like give that um I kind of suppose kind of like open dressing room to the team like hey let's all talk up and explain how we can improve our situation then it's not just coming from Love one that. leader and so when I when I brought on each individual I was like hey I believe in this fully like I don't know what you're going through every single day because I'm not you and I don't see the emails you get and I don't see the yeah. pains and also I'm training you like you tell me how to be better yeah. and it was that type of relationship and so the whole the whole ethos of like Wise Relief and Wise Digital now Wise it's like work together mm. bring smart minds around a, t- a table who have that mindset as well to want to achieve something beyond themselves and then get them to improve together mm. coach each other and like work and the one yeah, percent yeah. stuff is just huge how do you cultivate that though because like recruitment like has a perception that obviously a lot of recruits are selfish right so i think what you're talking about is is quite different yeah it's quite unique and yeah. that 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 resonates with me and i i think it's, it's, it should be that way for yeah. sure and i think that is the most powerful way but if i think back to the recruitment business i was in like it, it definitely wasn't like that like there was the team ethos however like there would be like there would be friction yeah. if you know what i mean like yeah, i would yeah, be definitely. fighting with my other consultants for talent and all that so how do you cultivate that which is in in an environment which is clearly competitive and people are there for themselves do you know what i mean i mean at the start it was easier wise for elite because it was one by one yeah right i mean this yeah, is yeah, the way yeah. you do things and, yeah. and so when you're a leader and you're like yeah you're kind of holding those weekly meetings and you're setting the president and like everyone kind of follows in a yeah, way and then they get behind it if they see it Because there's no alternative, is there? There's no alternative. Yeah. Now we've got bigger and higher and senior consultancy and it's just mm. like showing them a different way, which is much more challenging. Yeah. But you have to create the the space for it. And so, you know, Friday afternoons, like where we are now, it's like four till six. I know it's a da- downtime in performance. So we change it to beers and ideas right yeah beers and ideas beers and okay. ideas all sit around the table because I know you're not going to be working as hard yeah. as you would be at like Monday at 10 o'clock so you know let's suggest ways that you can improve and then people would just do small things like it could be you know in a meeting no phones yeah or you know like set the agenda before the meeting yeah, yeah. and then it was all those things so that all those two hours it was then people coming up with ideas how they can improve certain what? tasks and whatever anything it could be anything anything it could be anything Love it, that. it'd be like you know socials 
to... Well, instead of trying to get them to work hard. Yeah, it was just like, let's just look at ways we can improve. And so it created like an open space for it and then people started communicating more on it. I love and that. And you've got to kind of keep bringing it That's up. You, you can't suggest a new idea and then like not like really enforce it, right? And yeah. so it was constantly bringing it up and it was constantly sharing ideas myself and be like, hey, I'm looking at this, the way I've been changing things or yeah, yeah, how yeah. we can be competitive. And that really, really helped. Yeah, I love that. So... um few things then, mate. I'd be interested to get your perspective of. I always like to ask it, but um, so you've been in a in a business that's grown quite dramatically, obviously, over the last five years. Yeah. Um, and also throughout your your time, you've obviously seen now you've seen, I guess, a number of successful recruiters, right? Yeah. So now, I guess, what 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 are the sort of common habits that prevent people from getting to the to the best of their potential and things like that. Any any common things that you see there? Yeah, definitely. I think people thinking that re- recruitment's beneath them. Okay. That they think they're better than recruitment? 100%. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be a resourcer for long. Yeah, yeah. I still love getting on job boards and I still love getting on like LinkedIn doing projects. Hmm. Like I thrive off it because I know yeah. it's such a challenge. I know so many people hate it and yeah. I just see that and I see people also that, you know, I've managed over a period of time which is like, I know you're not really doing what you need to be doing because you don't appreciate it. You yeah. really understand like the value in it, and so it holds loads of people back. Mm. That's one of the biggest ones. It's just really? like, you know, my mum and dad won't appreciate me being a recruitment consultant, right? <laughs> and they know there was something there, but they just got that mindset. Yeah. It's Honestly, like, oh. it's really weird because, like, for me, like, I was, I was totally different to that because, like, within like two, three months, even though I was billing fuck all, I was like, we changed people's lives, like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like I think recruitment is an incredible industry. You get to sit in front of individuals all day long and learn from them. I know, and get to sit in front of different companies all the time and yeah. learn how that company's changed itself yeah. as a culture or like yeah. how it's performed. Like you can learn, and I think yeah. people just don't see that sometimes. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm just sh- pushing paper. Like, yeah, no, like, I think I think the skills that you can learn. Obviously, look, I've I've left recruitment, but I'm so involved in it still, and I think the skills that recruitment's equipped me with in all areas of my life like I just think it's so invaluable and I think that's what I'm excited about with this is that it it is giving people a real insight into what recruitment is like but it's it's the good and the bad because the great is like um, is amazing right I mean I was in this little bubble in my recruitment world outside of London in Hayworth Heath. I was born in Eastbourne and now I'm in London. Like the conversations I've had and how recruitment has changed people's lives from a really tough start to now being able to own your own home and all these things, right? It's just incredible. There's no barriers to entry in the market. Yeah. I mean, that's why the beauty of client services. I don't services. think there's anything to be embarrassed about. No, like, definitely. It yeah, really I mean, isn't. I think there's, there is an element of it because it is like grunt work and yeah. that's it, right? And people, especially in their careers, when they go after two or three years, it's like, the reason why they won't ever really push on is because they're still not willing to do it. They're looking for a way yeah. to offset it to someone else. But that's the beauty in it. Exactly. And you can't really teach anyone if you haven't done it yourself. Yeah. You know, I've been, you know, mentored by people in, in Reed before and I knew they were so far removed from it and it was just like, yeah. I didn't really see the value in it. But if you're there on the ground with that individual and helping them out, then that's really kind of like yeah, how you're yeah, going to yeah. be a better manager. But like, that's what hold, holds people back. Is there anything uh, else? Um, I think like on. lack of curiosity, you know, okay. um, I think the same again, it's just uh, when I was in six months in, in recruitment, it was like, am I in this? Am I not in this? And so... Yeah. Not being know, committed. 100% commitment. And yeah. then once you're committed, it's like being curious about everything you do. So it's like the 1% marginal gain. Yeah, it's thing. like thinking about how can I do that better? How can and, I improve yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you can become like an MD or you can set up whatever you want to do. So if you really have that curiosity and you really want yeah, to try I and like figure that. it out. But most people don't. They switch off and um, it's quite hard to train people in that way. Some people have it. I mean... Wiser Elite has been successful because of the first hire I ever made. Got really, really lucky. Uh, another guy called Jack 
but he was just so curious and exactly. like he wouldn't stop working and he would play someone and it was already done and he'll go out on a Saturday and buy him a beer <laughs> but he would just wanted to understand it more yeah he wanted to build yeah, a relationship I love that that made a real difference I can't teach people I can't tell people to do that that's yeah. just something naturally in them yeah and we can show the reasons why it's successful but like you know it comes down to individual at the yeah, end of the day yeah. so those two things make a massive yeah, difference yeah. I think where do you um where do you see recruitment going then, mate? Like, you're, you're quite close to it. Like, where, where do you... Obviously, things are changing, aren't they? Like, mm-hmm. you can really tell, I yeah. think. Um, where where do you see it going over there? Like, I mean, you was quite early in terms of, like, the whole, like, tech and video and all that. If you sure. think, like, how, how popular video is now compared yeah. to when you were trying to mm. build Gradi. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, that yeah, was yeah. way before, like, the Audro, the interviews and all that. Yeah. So, like, where... What's, what, what are you thinking now? Because you're so involved in recruitment. Like, where... Well, what do you see? Yeah, I mean... Take Wiser, for example. So we have a real USP. It's, mm. We're an employer branding creative agency yeah. and a recruitment company. Yeah. We're not just recruitment only. Yeah, and so yeah. on the employer branding side, you know, talent's a huge subject within organizations from the CEO to like department heads to HR. Yeah, it's been and, this preventer of growth, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm the right people. And attracting talent is not like just down to finding a good rec to rec, or yeah. a good agency, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about, you know, looking at your, your image to the marketplace yeah, where... Sure. You know, you look at some of the biggest consumer brands out there now, their websites for careers, which is awful. It's just yeah, black and white text. It doesn't show anything. It's stock images of people shaking each other's hands. Yeah, yeah. Like really awful stuff. And uh, that's all changing. And so Wiser, you know, four years ago, have tapped into that space. We won, you know, a few brands to get behind and support them with, like, social media campaigns and mm. do video campaigns. And now, you know, luckily, like, we build you know, really big employer brand programs for some of the best brands in the world. Yeah. And it's really, really exciting. And so that's helping them with the talent struggle. And then there's like a retention problem as well with most companies mm. face. So part of talent as well. So we're tapping into that. But I believe like from an agency side that, you know, you can't just rely on your job on job boards. You can't rely on your yeah. database. You can't rely on your consultants. Mm. Um, I believe the future is in community-based recruitment. Yeah, yeah. If you're not really at the forefront of your community, let's say you, you stand for, you know, aerospace engineering recruits, whatever yeah, it may yeah, be, yeah, yeah. you need to have those individuals looking at your business and be like, yeah, they stand for something in that space yeah, and like 100%. they've built a community and it's not just about placing me, it's actually about adding value, it's about yeah. educating, it's about training. Yeah. So Yeah, I think 100%, mate. I think that now I'm in a unique position to sit down and talk to people like you, but now I'm also speaking to recruitment businesses all day. I think that that's what recruitment agencies are, are still are all longing for now is like they don't, they want to be perceived as a uh, an extension of their clients' businesses. They want to be perceived as a, a service and mm-hmm. not just a... Um, a business that gets more bums on seats you yeah. know i mean and it's exactly that right and yeah. it's 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 so true and i think um that doesn't come natural to recruiters because um there isn't an instant return there because it's like, I mean, i'll just call this person and maybe i can place them or whatever do you know what that's I mean? it. it's a long-term stuff yeah. right it's what the gentleman's way of recruitment was mm. like when my investors previously like told me it's all about you know if you're not building anything long term and there's no real value behind what your business does apart from placing people yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna lose out you gotta have the long-term mindset like 100%. that's especially in, i mean look anything in life if i'm honest like because if you really, if you, I think particularly in recruitment, like if you have that long-term mindset, I mentioned it on the, uh, one of the episodes I, I did recently, but like if you have that long, really generally have that long-term mindset, like it's going to help you make the right decision short-term. 
Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? I mean, it, it, it really is. Everyone's saying it, all the people that I'm sure you follow, and I follow like Gary Vee and yeah, stuff, yeah. Like everyone's after their short-term wins because you just look at Instagram all day long. And like, yeah, yeah, the Instagram like, and all yeah. that. <laughs> so, um, and stuff, so, have to talk about it. Yeah. Because from my context and what I've seen online, I think, I think I haven't actually been to your office. Yeah, I still yeah. need to make that happen because Tom raves about it. Yeah. Um, but like I remember seeing your video. Yeah. Remember LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, what is it? What did you call it? LinkedIn. Um, Cribs. Cribs yeah, but that was yeah. a conversation you, you and I were having. Yeah. I'm gonna put it on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I said to you, it's a good idea. You, oh you see, right. Yeah. yeah. You but guys... you put a video of the office. Yeah, of the office. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, but what I wanted to ask you was because you've been there for three and a so years or whatever, like. From what I can see online and what I've heard, like it seems like you guys have built a cult. Interesting. Like a cult of people that like love the business, right? And yeah, all that. yeah, yeah. So like let's talk a bit about that. Like how what I mean, you've mentioned a few things, like the um beer idea and all that. Mm. So like you've really tried to put the culture first. Yeah. But like that isn't always. There's only beers and ideas anymore because I don't believe in beers. So like, <laughs> I still think it's a good thing to improve. Yeah, yeah. But like, I guess yeah. like any any sort of insight on look, you don't have to give away your secrets or whatever. But like any insights on like because it's always a huge topic, isn't it? Like how do you how do you cultivate culture while you're scaling and all that? Do you know what I mean? So sure. like, I don't know any insights in like even like for people who've got smaller teams. Like how can you cultivate that culture and, and people who are willing to play for the logo and not just themselves do you know what I mean like how do you cultivate that it's how you treat people at the end of the day I mean the reason why I joined uh, you know Finn and Omar and Ben and Ari who are the founding members was because it wasn't always about the bottom line yeah it just wasn't it was yeah, about yeah. quality and it was about how like quality of life in fact they always preached out at the start it was like yeah everything that you have in front of you from like your laptop to like iPhone whatever it may be needs to be like the best quality because we want you to make you feel better recruitment's yeah. not an easy job right yeah. and most companies just preach about revenue and yeah. just thinking about the bottom line and that's because they have pressures from the people on top and yeah. so when I met those guys and right, I believe that they just said it but I do believe it because I saw the people in their office I was like they're happy individuals yeah okay like what is that there and then I've just followed the journey through and then they have incredible business minds. People who haven't been taught by any other companies, like they've taught themselves on how yeah. to build a company. That's interesting. It's all about inclusiveness. So Monday stand-ups in front of the whole yeah, company, yeah. bring everyone together. This is what's happening. Like I love that. Really getting behind values, not values that are picked from like the top, but you know, sitting down with individuals and be like, yeah, know, like real shit that real shit. resonates with yeah, people. Real shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and and then it's just like, I think it's just the quality element. They have a good eye for what good looks like. Yeah. So. Um, you know the office looks great now but they spent like nine months trying to find that yeah, you know, we could yeah. have gone and just saved a bit of money elsewhere we spent loads of money on the office and most companies would be like that's not good business sense but it makes a lot of sense to us because people come into it and I'm like alright there's a cinema here <laughs> right yeah. table tennis I know it doesn't make culture but it, you can tell that we're like making an effort Yeah, yeah and yeah. you know when the other half is not making an effort you're like well, I don't want to be in this and so yeah. that's why relationships come really strong or they don't become strong and it's, you can call it a cult but I'm like we just <laughs> have our minds on everything it's a commitment that we've made to everyone yeah. and I think that's what everyone's given back yeah. and it's no like push people out the door after like four months because they're not performing it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. how can we nurture look after and you know the same again being open and honest about kind of like our thoughts as well like yeah. you know we're I'm 29 yeah. Finn's CEO is 28 yeah you know, like you're 29. Yeah, 29. Yeah, I look much older. Yeah, you do. That beard, mate. <laughs> yeah. like, justice, well, mate. I left university like 2012, right? So, like, still going through my journey in my career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, you know, it's just been cool, honest man. on that. So, interesting to see why you think it's a cult. Like, what's the reasoning behind that? <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Now. You, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. It's just from, um, I guess, I've had limited context. If I'm honest, mm. 
I th- obviously I live with one of your employees, right? Yeah. So, and I'm just from what I see online, like I think from the content that I've seen, like everyone's willing to shout about the brand. Yeah. So I think it's just it's just that, and like I mean, how many companies? Can you see that everyone is willing to shout about the the business and not just themselves? Do you get what I mean? So There's I so think, much thought process behind it. I mean, yeah. even our Wi-Fi code is like Wi-Zone. It's just a number which is associated to our biggest performing ever month, right? <laughs> and so, like when you come in, you give that card to like a, a yeah. hiring manager that's coming into the office. It's like there's meaning behind everything. Yeah. There's full behind everything. Like the guys work twenty four seven to make it a special company, and you see where other companies aren't putting that effort in and like we know sit and so when people come and join us from other companies they're like this Whoa. is exciting that's why i'm going to shout about it so yeah, we have yeah, like yeah. a happiness team yeah that's class right so Tom, tell me about that. rather than calling them like office managers you know the responsibility is to be at the heart of the business like you sit like in the middle in a way and just make sure that everyone is happy yeah, not that. just down to like class, billion but like what can we do it's just small things from just like nutrition to you know, you know, giving people a little bit of a morning off to go to the gym, anything like that, suggestions, like culture part of like, how can we just yeah, change yeah, this? Yeah, no, I love that. I, I think I love that. But um, I'm happy to be like a cult type business. You look at companies like Netflix or Tesla, you know, they're noticed for like cult type yeah, businesses. Yeah, I, I, don't, who... I don't associate that with a bad word. Yeah, I just yeah. think, it's, I think it's great. I think t- if you're in a business where, look, I think why everyone asks like oh like how do you keep that culture while you're scaling and all that is because like as as you obviously get bigger it's hard to keep people everyone believing in the same values and the same vision and mm. i think if you've got x amount of people 70 or whatever headcount you're at like all shouting from the same hymn sheet and um, hymn sheet and believing it and all that i think that's an amazing thing yeah like, i don't think there's anything wrong with that that's and that's, that's a company you want to work for like definitely so the reason why I joined, honestly, yeah. it was like... Everyone wants purpose. It's like, just, everyone needs purpose. And you want to be around people that believe in it as exactly. well, right? And I don't want to be around Nothing people that... Nothing more powerful. Just like... Well, yeah. It might like work. Half, just half arsing it. It might work. Like just there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even at the start, when people don't see it, like, well, as that was at the start, so I was like number 10, number 9 in the yeah. company. You know, really humble beginnings. Mm. It wasn't like the office we have now. Yeah. And like, but even then, the commitment was just crazy. Like everyone was like, "How can we just do it? Come yeah, on, exactly. keep going!" And we saw all of these big names that now, like people from those companies, are coming to join us. Yeah, it's class. And you can just see it turning. But I think it's because you know they've dropped the ball. Mm. They've like they've yeah, not innovated yeah, yeah. and they haven't had the commitment we had. And now it's just like let's not change ourselves yeah. that way as well. So Love that's that. why people perhaps see it as a. Before we start finishing up the night, yeah. Well, I'm just curious because um. I like your thought process and mindset, and I think you might. I hope you might. Um, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. So, how um, how how do you personally deal with like the real shit times in recruitment, or like how do you encourage people to to deal with it? Like, have you had any tactics around that? Or sleep on it? Yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, don't get emotional. Yeah, I've sent emotional emails out to clients before, but like, it's just yeah. stupid. I thought you were going to say meditate. No, I don't. Meditate? No, no, I don't meditate. No, do you not? No. Fair I don't enough. do anything like which like crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, clearly, I like I'm big into like personal development books and audios, yeah. and so I use those like a lot just to keep me like almost committed and motivated, mm. and, and it re- almost like kind of like reshapes my head a little bit of like you know use these words and stuff to kind of like change how you're going about. But I don't meditate and do anything like that. I just sleep on it. Yeah. Um, talk to people. Biggest oh. thing I didn't do before was like communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any concerns I have. Any concerns? I used to like fear like speaking to someone about it. Yeah, either someone in my team or yeah. it's like I think that's great advice for people like at any point in their career. Like, if, like talk about it. <laughs> you got to communicate. Yeah, 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 like not just with work in, in your personal relationships yeah, as well. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. anything that's on your mind, and it may be a small thing. Yeah, and so you can 
I, it's better off over communicating, which is hard for people. I, when I grew up, I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to talk to my parents. Like, I was just like a, a lad. Yeah. Was just like, yeah. oh, oh, God, oh, guys are known for that. Aren't really, they? really just hard. all up. But like, I went on. I went on courses. Like one was called the Landmark Forum. Oh, yes. did you get sold that? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. mate, that was. Oh, I went to that with the missus. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that, yeah. That, I've actually never experienced anything like. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't. They didn't close me. But it teaches you to like overly communicate. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, but that really helps me. It really, really changed a lot of things for me. But I know it's yeah. I wouldn't go. Oh, back mate, to the yet. sales bad. <laughs> I was just sitting there. I said no about fifteen times. I know, and like yeah. she was just like, "No, it's great. Like it changed my life." Da, da, da. No, no, yeah. I went. I went did a whole weekend course, and did you? so you're in from like nine a.m. to nine p.m. at night, uh, really? three days in a, like in a row, and it's yeah, really yeah, intense. Yeah. But you know, it's just small things. Like that. I wouldn't say that's defined me, but it's really no, hard yeah, to be yeah. like open communicating no, and stuff. And so that's like one big thing. So when you're stressed, like talk up about it. Talk about it. Like. Also, if a leader doesn't want to give off that way of like, I want to be stressed in front of my team, right? Just find other ways. Like, talk to people outside of the work. Yeah, I mean, it depends yeah, what you want to do. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very open with my team. I'm like, hey, like, this is like shite, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, we need no, to change like something. That. And I'm not liking the like, depression, all these things. Like, yeah, you need to change yeah, yeah. things up. And I think that really, really helps. Class, but mate. sleeping on it is the biggest thing. Yeah. I've just seen so many, like, reactions based on just the now. And yeah. I'm like, you haven't rested. You need to go and relax and just go on a weekend like and get yourself yeah, some booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help either. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, I like that, mate. Yeah. That's solid advice. So um, look, mate, before um, we wrap up, um, what we are excited about in Wiser then, mate? What's going on? This is your opportunity to plug, mate. To sell. Yeah, What's I going think, on? I think with, um, you know, us as a business, we actually have a unique selling point. Okay. Right? So, yeah, you you mentioned employer branding, employer branding. recruitment. Like we're changing the game in terms of yeah. like the recruitment landscape. You know, for a company that's been around for five years and to win brands like Nike, for example, I mean, mm. you don't have that as a client and yeah, yeah, don't yeah. have any special to shout about. So, you know, that's really, really special. Obviously, the culture as we spoke about, yeah. you know, it has so many benefits to it because everyone's fully committed. Yeah. Um, we scaled from 40 people to 80 last year. Wow. So it's huge change as a business. Um, and was so entrepreneurial. So I give you an idea. You know, someone came up with the idea of like, let's get ambassadors at universities to represent Wiser and also the brands that were pushing for the grad schemes. So we yeah. have 133 campus ambassadors at university, <laughs> which all posting our con- posting our content out on LinkedIn and Facebook. Fucking and hell. but like, it's a free so market smart. at Wiser. You know, you have those ideas, and it's been a very entrepreneurial business. You can come in and shape whatever you want in that yeah, business. I love that. And so. Getting to AC people is one because of our culture and because of like the great brands and we're constantly winning. Obviously, we have our, our knockbacks, but um, you know we want to get to a hundred in the next couple of months and almost in a way you kind of like look at everything and then grow against two fifty and then really? you know, the plan is Take over the world. Is, is to keep on growing. But you know we operate in the grad market, the tech market, design market, and sales. Yeah. You know, we have it open for HR and finance and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and going into different in- engineering spaces as well. So that's kind of like the next steps for us. Nice but like, I think for us as well, like, it's not an ego play. We don't yeah. want to have an office all around the world just for the sake of it. But like, look yeah, how big yeah. we are. Not just we want to be great account. for what we do. Yeah, yeah I love We want that, to be mate. great for what we do. And I'd rather just stay that way, you yeah, know, in terms yeah, yeah, of that yeah, size and just deliver and have people shouting about us and have that mentality on LinkedIn. Like, okay, something's going on there. But it's because everyone's bought in and all our clients yeah, really understand yeah, what we do deliver. I love that. So that's kind of where it's yeah, going. But cool. yeah, who knows? We'll see. So um, question I always ask everyone. Yeah. If you listen, you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> like, Here yeah. So like if anyone would listen, if everyone would take on your advice, right? Uh, the whole recruitment industry would be listening to Jack and take on your advice to they'd implement it. It could be a phrase, sentence, anything. Like what would you say to those people if they'd listen? So if they listen into it, I'd just say that that you can figure it out. Okay. 
trust the process just yeah just don't stop yeah, yeah. just commit mm. and keep being curious and you can figure it out work Sundays <laughs> that could be the option <laughs> one of those companies out there are like oh, I can't believe it's the worst Sundays and stuff. And like, that's going to be a LinkedIn that. post oh, no, everyone at Wiser works Sundays, Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> but you can figure it out yeah, right yeah, like yeah. whatever in, in just in recruitment or in life you can figure it out you so just don't out. like get yourself down about it like yeah, and don't yeah. just like jump ship straight away and just try and figure it out yeah, like and, yeah. and, and work with love that, mate. your manager or your partner well. really enjoyed yeah. it love your mindset mate yeah, Congrats on everything that you've achieved so far. Gives me a board. Yeah, wish you <laughs> Thanks a lot. Cheers, buddy. Thanks.